When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with my husband, Rich. If you've listened to any of this podcast, you know he's a big part of my story and my recovery of codependence and my soul recovery journey. I wanted to bring him on to talk more about his addiction recovery story and how we're dealing with that in our marriage, how we're learning how to communicate with each other in new and healthier ways and allowing him to be on his own journey and accepting him exactly as it is exactly how he is, and how that's reflecting in our relationship. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, codependency, and control addiction. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we need to turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on our inner change and healing. Positive results in our lives will follow. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. I'm Reverend Rachel, and I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. I promised that I would bring Rich, my husband, onto the podcast so that we could just connect with each other and share what's been happening in our lives. And so here he is. Hi, Rich. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning with my plugged sinuses. I know we have a cold, so apologize for our our sinuses being um, not in their great way, but better to have a cold right this second before we go on our big trip in February. Yeah. So the universe is always working for us. I wanted to bring Rich on because this podcast really revolves around my experiences. And I'm so thankful that my family has given me full permission to share openly about my relationships with my husband and my children. And You know, Rich and I have come a long way. We are going to be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary next year, and we've been together for 32 years, and it's been an interesting journey. Yes, it has been a hell of a journey. A hell of a journey. But I often say that we're in a better place than we have been since probably when we first got married. Yeah, very different and all the good stuff is in between, you know, going from, we came together because we liked to party together and we thought each other uh, was, we were attractive Mm -hmm. and we liked to party. That was it. And okay. And and I'm sure that's how a lot of people end up getting together. (laughs) The question is, um, 
what happens after that? Right. That's a really good point. I, I, I realize there's something I can share right off the bat, which is uh, right now I, I had a, a harrowing, we might want to talk about that, actually, a harrowing uh, event that broke my phone. And I've been logged out of Instagram and Facebook for about a week. And it's been awesome. I'm, I'm good with that. However, I'm going to talk about Instagram where one of the things that comes up says ab- about relationships, I get hit with the relationship algorithm and it says, uh, before you commit to, to a partner or to a marriage, ask, ask each other these questions, you know, what are your values? How do you deal with money? How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with, uh, anger and arguments. We never did that. We never did that. (laughs) No, we did not. No. So when it came about, it was... uh, Had to learn every little bit along the way. The hard way. Mm -hmm. And and the recovery is a massive part of that. And that's how you got to where you're at right now, huh? Yeah. And then I talk about it all the time. So thank you for giving me the ability to talk about that. I wanted to bring Rich on because... He's such a big part of my story, and we really are in a place where we have matured so much. And we just had the kids with us for six days, and so we'll do another episode talking about the kids. And I came downstairs last night and got all giddy and happy in this concept that it was just the two of us living in this house and how simple our lives are with just us working on our own stuff, which is a lot of stuff. It's not like there's nothing to work on. We are constantly continuing to work on our spiritual journey together. And I recognize for everybody that's out there that the more you have on the outside, the more family members, the more job, the more life that you have, it can be harder and harder to turn within and come into your inner space where you're doing your own healing And just to recognize that that's true. And that for Rich and I, I think that we're on a spiritual journey, but it looks different. And I've said this before, that his sobriety looks different than my sobriety. And last October, when we went to Mexico and we had the whole awareness that you were still drinking a little bit and you drank in Mexico. And for anybody who's just starting to listen, there's some episodes last October around him disclosing in Mexico that he was going to continue to drink. And it was kind of um, shocking, really. And, And us working that through, working that through. But each person's journey is their own journey. And I think one of the things that I am grateful for in soul recovery is that I've learned how to accept Rich in a way that allows him to be on his own path. And I put way more attention on my own healing and let him have his own experience. How has that felt for you in my working on myself? What does that feel like for you? Well, it's it's been amazing uh, for me and I think for both of us. And what it speaks to me is it's, it's the codependent piece mm-hmm. that your sobriety is not literally... Uh, affected, reacted by by my sobriety or my actions and vice versa, that's been a massive um, shift in how you and I relate. And it, it's been so, I, I don't just want to say, oh, it's so much better. It's 
it's so much more um, deeply useful <laughs> for both parties. Because, like you say, going back to Mexico, that hits you hard. And it hit me hard, just the, the phenomenon that I, I just couldn't keep myself from wanting to drink in Mexico. But there's, there's a backstory to that. All the years I spent, which were the best years of my life, like a Brian Adams song, mm-hmm. <laughs> those were the best years of my life, other than the ones with you, my, my darling. Oh, thank you. But the early ones was with my soulmate, my best friend, um, traveling through Baja surfing, and we drank the whole damn, just, we drank the whole time. So our paths being different and be, and that being okay and us working together and asking each other, well, how's that going for you? And how's that going for you? Instead of it all being tied together and completely codependent is really useful. It, it works. It's been working for us. We used to fight a lot more. We used to fight around Alex, particularly and the kids and our different parenting styles but I've, I've watched our communication change over the last six years since I've been doing soul recovery. And it's not always easy. It's not always good. You know, I recently I got that part of me that um, where I'm starting to get resentful, I'm starting to have all these feelings. And, and you always say, like, why can't you just do it? little bits at a time. It's like it's a volcano that comes erupting out. And all of a sudden, I just spew out this, this intensity and upset. And, um, but I feel like we, I kind of fall into the room that I need to talk about. But we're doing a better job of picking ourselves up and standing in our full selves and speaking from our heart in ways that are much healthier and much more um, connecting. How's that experience been for you in terms of us working on these things together? Well, that's a fact. And you just reminded me of that event where um, it felt like we kind of relapsed into the old emotional, uh, hard ways of dealing with our pain and our struggles. And, uh, Yes, you, you 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 do such a better job of allowing yourself, allowing your little girl to come in sometimes and scare you, mm-hmm. and then grabbing her and saying it's okay, you know. And then I simultaneously, because we it what maybe one party can't fully uh, experience the progress all on their own because you're still going to feel like you're doing it all by yourself. And you, you felt that way for a while. You felt like, especially in the sobriety, when I fell off, you've had times where I think you felt like, Hey, I'm doing this and I need you to do this too. And what's different now is, is you're, you're saying, you're saying that it's okay that we're both really working our sobriety, but it looks different. And I think through that acceptance, through that acceptance both ways, that strengthens our ability to both have a role 
when one of us is struggling or upset, we do such a better job of of like pausing and accepting that our our woundedness or our our little boy or girl is out there whining and freaking out, and we've worked this muscle, and it's it's hard to describe, but if if you Man, if you can just be so present, it it comes to you and it works. And you and I have really, really been blessed with with progress yeah. in, in the way we communicate. I think that this journey is so interesting because you've continued to sort of slip and have your own experience around drinking that I think in the past would have been um, a bigger deal for me. Right. And because I see you actively working on your spiritual, emotional, psychological growth in your own way. And believe me, it's, it's hasn't been easy right? lately. I've had a few years. It's, it's really sitting in my own little wilderness. Mm-hmm. Carry and, on. <laughs> yeah. And not jumping back to the old patterns, but watching you move forward in yourself and grow in yourself, that's the part that's the most important to me. And would I prefer that you don't drink? Yeah, I totally prefer that you don't drink. But I don't have a big hook in that being the thing. For me, what the thing is, is that we were brought together on purpose relationships are one of the greatest spiritual tools that we can have in our lives. If we can switch the focus from being like, you are supposed to complete me, you are supposed to do for me and move into, I get to have this experience with this other human being who's having their experience. And you just compliment my life and you just bring love and blessings and support on something that needs to be intact, my own self. And mirroring. I think one of the things that I think that we're better at because we feel safe in our relationship is being able to mirror for each other where in the past it was blame. Yeah. Which feels very different if someone's ju- judgment. Judgment. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And and I think unfortunately as human beings, we're trying to make ourselves feel better when we're judging the other person. And this is pretty basic stuff that if you would just do this, I'll I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And you just have to realize on a deep level that that's not how it works. Right. If you're ready for soul recovery, as a spiritual coach, I can support your healing to help make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. You can also work in smaller groups by taking a deep dive in a Zoom workshop or with me in person at a retreat or an event. Join others on the soul recovery path once a month for the free Zoom support group or daily on the private Facebook page. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions with me or find all the information you need about soul recovery, dates that are coming up, and how to register for those groups and workshops. To support the podcast and the community, check the links in the show notes to make a small monthly donation or a one-time donation of your choice that will make a huge impact to support this community and the soul recovery mission. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. But learning how to live outside of your 
ego, learning how to live in a place where you can really feel the love for yourself from within is not easy. It's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's super vulnerable. You, You said at some point this year, and it really hit me hard, you said you're learning to live outside of your ego. See, it makes me emotional. Mm-hmm. And when I when I said that, what I meant by that, I'll be interested to hear what your reflection of it is. But what I meant when I said that was I'm watching you turn more inward and be more connected to your heart and into your um, your higher self versus wanting accolade from the outside or wanting to control um, the kids or have your jobs look a certain way or have the world look a certain way. We both wanted the world to look a certain way for us to feel comfortable. And that's, that's ego. Right? And that's ego. I'm always surprised at what triggers me and gets me emotional, but I get, I do it every time mm-hmm. I'm on with you. I think it's similar to our, our son, Alex watching uh, home movies of himself when he's five years old and he just breaks down in tears. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm starting to feel about looking back on a lot on 45 years. It shows this part that I'm talking about this, this vulnerable heart side of you. That's really opening as I look over across the table and see you feeling your feelings. Well, sorry, I'm losing it over here, getting all emotional, but this year I've been bewildered by how my my life has been so great and means so much to me, and I've had so many experiences like everybody does, but being sober, I'm looking back on 45 years of alcohol-induced who knows? Mm-hmm. Non-reality? I don't know. That's what it feels like now. Mm. It sounds crazy. It just, I think it just brings up all the hard stuff. It brings up all of the fear and doubt and uh, regret. All the hard stuff. Because my family, we all drank so much that I just wish I could go back and do it differently. I wish that there wasn't so many, many times that the alcohol ruined the situation or the event. It's so awesome to be living with you, just you and me, a small little peaceful home that we've built, where all of a sudden we're, sometimes I feel like I'm on another planet. I'm in another universe. And uh, it's so much better, but it's like we used to talk about it way, way back. You feel everything. Yeah. You feel everything right to the chest. If you look at this part of your heart that's feeling so much right now and these experiences, and we look at it from the soul recovery perspective, which is to move into our hearts and see that this is our soul's learning that this is our progression of ourselves this is moving out of our unhealthy patterns 
of our unhealthy beliefs and moving into our true selves? Does it feel like that part of you that um, was attached to the addiction demon is breaking loose? Do you feel like you're learning from it? How does it feel like it's helping you on the soul recovery perspective? So what I'm learning in my soul recovery is that even though all those years seem like they're they're like in a veil, like they're clouded, I still had all those experiences and it did build who I am and my values and everything. I just, all that time felt like I had to drink. I just felt like I had to drink. So it's no wonder that I'm still trying to grasp at whatever that is. But luckily I'm learning every time I, every time I've taken a sip in the past two or three years, it helped me. It, 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 it's not like it's this gigantic trap door. It, in my case, has helped me because, because I've actually big, big help was being honest with you about it. Finally. Mm-hmm. I did. I held it for a long, long time. It didn't feel like that long, but we've talked about that. But actually, being honest with you, and and then you being less codependent about it, being more on your own path and able to work with me. I think actually, one time I was emotional. I pleaded with you. I was like, "Please, just instead of us arguing about it and having it be this horrible thing that throws us both." into the pit work, please work with me. I had a moment of an alcoholic saying, I, I want need help from you, from mm-hmm. my wife. Work with me, please. I think that was a, a, gr- a good moment for us. And we've done that ever since. And you've done that for me ever since. And each time I, I do have a slip, a, a, a fallout. slip they call it. Yeah. Um, and they're becoming less desirable and less and less. And, uh, maybe I can put myself on the clock again and start collecting time sober. But, but that's for me, that's not really what matters. What matters is my, 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 my soul development and my overall recovery and my relationship with you and my, my boys and, you know, in the end, the outside world where I don't, I don't need to drink to connect because that's another part about of it for me. That's a, it's a huge part about it for everybody. I think it's so easy to sit down and have a drink with somebody to think that that's how you connect. It changes everything. I appreciate that um, awareness. And I think that for us, I don't want to give you an ultimatum. And yet it's important also for me to say if you were to drink more or have that become part of your life more, there's an honesty that it wouldn't work for me. That's true. It's a line that I'm, I don't want to cross. I I have to make that choice. That's on me to make that choice. Cause that's see what you didn't necessarily have in the past were clear boundaries. I think you had an ideal, you were, we were both pretty idealistic and this is what goes back to our earlier conversation is, is if you're going to do this, 
it screws up my world, you know, that, that outward reasons for why somebody's unhappy. But what you've done and what we've both done is just over the years gotten much clearer about our boundaries. And I love that you now have a boundary that I can, I can put my finger on it somehow and decide from my, my responsibility to you and to myself that I don't want to, I don't, I choose not to cross that line because I want to be with you. And it's the same boundary in terms of if you didn't want to do any personal development, you know, maybe you didn't drink, but you really weren't expanding your heart or learning or growing. There's a place where it just doesn't align and that probably wouldn't work for me either. And what I'm grateful for is that there is this desire for us to grow and do this together, especially because there's less pressure for it to look exactly the same. Yeah. And what that makes me think is the alcohol, the bottle is the great swimming pool, the great ocean where you just jump in when, when you're not working, mm-hmm. when you're not working on your, on your, your spiritual development. You think you're being spiritually connected to the universe, but you're just jumping in where you don't have to do any work. It, uh, I don't know. I hope that is relatable. Yeah. We have this morning ritual where we sit and drink coffee and, and talk. and We drink coffee, yes. We drink coffee, <laughs> right? We drink coffee and talk. And uh, we listen to something inspirational or I read something. And... I'm grateful that when I'm reading or listening, I'm mostly listening and reading for myself. And in the past, I was mostly reading or listening, wanting you to get it. And my observation is in my releasing of that control. I listen to you process for yourself and change how you perceive the world. And you often say like, I'm so much better than I used to be. And I always want to come back in my defense and say, but so are you, but we're both substantially different in how we interact with each other and in the world. That's because we're working on ourselves first and and we're trusting that the osmosis is happening or whatever, however you want to say it. But that is so true that this is going to be relatable. I know it. You, for a long, long time, were trying to pump it into me, put stuff into me, and i.e., in the worst of times, change me mm-hmm. more to your liking, more to your vision. And that's what has changed. That's what has shifted. And I think it takes a lot of patience. It, and it just takes on working on the life. You, you worked on the life you wanted. And lo and behold, I made progress. And without your forcing it became something that you wanted to spend your life with. I agree. Yeah. What a beautiful place to end. Thank you for sharing your heart and, and our, our experience as a married couple together and as addicts and codependents and our healing and our journey. And we're just going to keep, keep doing it and keep growing. And I am appreciative of you being my life partner. Uh, ditto. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Thanks, Rich. I love you. Thank you, Rachel. Until next time, namaste. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Soul Podcast and being part of this amazing and growing community. If you loved this episode and you want even more, there is a bonus episode with even more content every Friday. This is by subscription. You can access that by being a Patreon member and there's three tiers of giving of your choice or an Apple Podcast subscriber. Once you have subscribed, you have access to a whole back catalog of episodes as well. If you would go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and I would love for you to subscribe to email updates so that you can keep posted with everything that's going on, different events, what dates are coming up, any reminders. There's only a couple emails each month. I hope you follow Recover Your Soul on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the private Facebook community page. TikTok. And if you want guided meditations, look for Reverend Rachel Harrison on Insight Timer. I really encourage you to take advantage of the one-on-one coaching. This is a unique, intuitive connection between the two of us. There are nine steps to soul recovery, and I do use those nine steps to loosely guide us through whatever you're coaching that you need. But really, it's about creating a way for you to feel comfortable around your healing of your past looking at the situations in your life, what are the patterns, what are the beliefs that are holding you back, breaking free from those patterns, breaking free from those beliefs, letting go of control, letting go of the people around you, and taking your power back, discovering who you are and who you want to be in the world and how I can support you to do this. And also, you're sharing this podcast with your friends, putting five stars, leaving reviews, really sharing this with others is growing the community. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for supporting Recover Your Soul. And I know that together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.